Welcome into Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinion. Today is July 9th, 2018, and this is episode 244. My name is Jake English. Oh, sorry. And I am Scott Magnus. Sorry, I'm still getting used to my Japanese dialect. And you are? Yeah. On this week's show, we'll take a look back and wonder, what if? And we'll also check in on Manny Machado and get you ready. For the 6th Annual Bevy Awards! And we'll do all that right after we lubricate the show. That's right, it's time for the Drink of the Week. Scotty, what are you drinking? Uh, Jake, I am uh, trying to get a little romantic in here since we have reunited. Uh, And it feels so good. I've done a Romantic Chemistry IPA. Little orange, little apricot. It's a lovely combination. I am drinking a flagship IPA from the Black Flag Brewing Company. A company that i did not know existed more than an hour ago where is that brewery actually located hang on uh columbia maryland that's what i figured it was a a, a local distributor as it were um it's okay it's okay it's all right yeah i mean uh there might be a good reason why we haven't uh specifically heard of this brand before maybe maybe you just go in and just be like i've never seen this beer i'm gonna buy it yes Oh, yeah. When people come up to me in the store and they ask, sir, can I help you? I'm looking for something I haven't had yet. Do you know what I've had? No. No. Then I'm, I'm good. No. I'm good. Okay. So you just randomly just go up and pick random beers and look how well it's treating you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having a Black Flag Brewing Company flagship. So lucky. It's their flagship product. If you're interested to see what we are drinking on a weekly basis, please come join us on, on Untapped. I'm at Jake E4025. And I'm at MAGN. 8606. And of course, it's that time. It's time for the Manny Machado Watch. That's right, folks. It's time for the Manny Machado Watch, where we can cry tears into our beer. Jake, run us through the news of where Manny Machado is going this day. I think Manny Machado is now playing football. Okay. Because he's somewhere on the opponent's 35-yard line. Okay. And if I knew what that meant, I would tell you. You know, I get this uh, metaphor all the time at work. I'm like, we're on the 35-yard line. I'm like, so we're about to intercept it? Or? It's a very weird and specific. Is is the 35-yard line like a magic line I didn't realize? Are we on the opponent's 35-yard line? Yes. Are yeah, we... the opponent's 35. Okay, so we're about to intercept it, basically. Is this like the Stover line? What are we right. doing here? Do we kneel now? <laughs> no? Um, not appropriate? No, no, okay. not so much. So we're on the uh, opponent's 35-yard line whatever that means and that of course is care of buster only um and the orioles are rumored to be talking uh about adding zach Britton into the package to maximize the return from some team and scotty let me ask you what do you think about that idea of packaging up the orioles possibly probably two largest trade chips so i'm perfectly fine with it i like the move the one thing that confuses me to us to a certain extent though is the Dodgers this entire week have been named as one of the top teams as being uh, interested in Manny Machado. And the Dodgers obviously are looking for relief help. Um, but combining Machado and Burton's salary going to the Dodgers, I believe would put them over the luxury tax. So does this mean the Orioles are going to actually eat salary in order to also get better prospects back? Eek. I mean, I'm okay with the move. It just 
it's a very weird move for the Baltimoreans to say, oh, we're willing to eat money in order to get prospects, especially ones that may be international in nature as well. Oh, well, I don't. Let's let's not get crazy. <laughs> um, Fox Sports, uh, as, as by way of Ken Rosenthal, is saying that the uh, most serious contenders right now for uh, Manny Machado are the Dodgers, who I feel like were contenders really early and then kind of got quiet. And then, spoiler alert, the Brewers, oh. uh, who may bring you know energetic players to the mold. Uh, what do you think? Where do you think Manny Machado at this moment ends up? Uh, I I think he ends up in Baltimore. Really? Yeah, I think the Orioles find whatever possible way they can do to screw this whole thing up, and he still ends up in Baltimore with Manny there sitting in August being like, I have no clue what I'm doing here. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a claim from every team for him, right? A- absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know who he's going to go to, what he's going to go to, but I will say this much. Every single time uh, these trade scenarios come up and the prospects are thrown out, I look at the names associated with the trade, and I'm like, that's it? I want more, but I'm not going to get more. And it's like, I'm going to get someone's number third prospect and maybe someone's number eight prospect. And I'm like, "Mm, not a great way to rebuild the farm by getting someone's number three. But this is the position they've put themselves in by trading him at this moment, right? By doing this right now, they can't hope for much more than that. Yeah, I mean, we, we criticized them earlier in the season saying, Make the move, make the trade. You might as well get something out of him um, before you know he gets as much of the season. But in reality, the one thing that we're seeing as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline is more people have a tendency to jump into the mix. Uh, there was a report today from Ken Rensenthal indicating that the Yankees now are starting to express interest once again. Um, I'm not sure if I really buy that. But the fact of the matter is we do have seven to eight teams out there all potentially bidding for Manny Machado. Um, you couldn't ask for a better situation to potentially – uh, pit clubs versus clubs and even to get the aspect of the Yankees saying oh we're interested now the Red Sox have to think okay what do we need to do in order to basically balance this out I may have missed this so s- slow down and and you know explain it to me as if I'm five are you telling me that the New York Yankees are interested in future Yankee Manny Machado it is a possibility wow yeah. that's that's weird yeah that's weird but anyway, so we don't know anything, and that's just like the Orioles. Absolutely. We know nothing. Uh, the beat writers are all speculating at this point. Um, it, it is what it is. And as as much as I appreciate uh, Eduardo Encina and Rakabaku coming out and kind of giving this uh, summary of what's going on in the warehouse, the other situation is we fully know that the first person that's going to break this trade is John Heyman and Ken Rosenthal because that's just the way it works. Yeah. Um, which is a shame because the local beat writers deserve to have like a little bit of you know credence to say, hey, FYI, guys, this is going to happen. Um, but it never seems to work out that way. Um, but who knows? I, I do think the question now is not so much who he's going to go to, but when he is going to be moved. So, um, Jake, I know you went to a game today. Maybe it's the last time you see him. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I was listening to somebody debate as to whether or not if Manny was moved before the All-Star break, whether the Orioles would get to scramble and send somebody else to the game. Actually, this may have taken place on the radio between Jim Hunter and, and Joe Angel. Um, and the answer to that is no. Oh, they have to. No, the answer is no. Really? Yeah, the answer is no. So if he's traded yes. before the game, yes, he represents his new club? Yes. And the Orioles have no representative that's correct i don't buy that i see i think they add somebody to now, the this, roster this happened uh to uh jess marja when he was traded to the cubs 
and there was no representative, I believe, from the Giants uh, that year. Get out. Yeah. That that would be so O's. Yeah. That would be the master stroke of Baltimore Orioles. I would hope Orioles. that Ty Wigginton would just show up as an honorary member. Just wear an orange, yeah, right? In the exactly. fan, in the stands. Yeah. All right. So uh, there's that. Manny Machado watch. Uh, well, it's fun. Yeah. If you if you read the article that Mioli put out today, it talked about how this has been bungled by the Orioles to the fact that he's starting to you know say goodbye to the fans and to his teammates and whatnot because he has to address the hey you're leaving right from from the media um, and it's just beginning to be a not good look for everybody. Mm. I actually would disagree with that. I mean, I think it comes back down to what do you expect a player to do? Like, do you really want someone to basically just go out there and be like, no, I'm here for the long haul. Like, no, like just admit the truth. It's kind of the same thing with Jones of like, Hey, you know, this is the last year. We're all going to say goodbye to each other. We're going to play as long as we can together. And then we're going to basically move on. I'm perfectly okay with the candor. I don't think it's an awkward situation. I think it's a much better situation to just be bluntly honest than to basically dance around the honest truth in the room. And to his credit, he said all the right things repeatedly. Sure. Good for him. Yeah. All right. There's baseball being played and not just trade speculation. So why don't we go and get a checkup? All right, Jake, we have not really updated the medical wing significantly in my absence. I have a new theory. Okay. Everybody's really hurt. Hmm. Well, there is a lot of players hurt. I mean, we have Darren O'Day out for the season now. Uh, We have Richard Blyer, again, out for the season. Uh, We have Alex Cobb, who exited uh, the game on uh, Sunday with a blister. We'll see what that transpires and basically forces him to be out for a start uh we have craig gentry who pretty much has just been injured and people are probably trying to keep him away from the field because they're trying to maybe keep him for to september for some unknown reason for Um, the playoff push chris tillman is still rehabbing and doing terrible um in the minors uh steve wilkerson is somehow on the 40-man roster uh gabriel noah is uh coming back for a rehab assignment or something or something uh, and Pedro Arojo uh, was uh, placed on the 10-day DL for uh, June 11th, which she apparently has uh, once again disappeared. So um, here's the thing, though. All these guys really hurt. There is zero roster manipulation going on. Do you know how I know? Why? First, the Orioles are way out of it, just way out of it. Second of all, the Orioles brought Colby Rasmus back to the Major League Club. Yeah. And if they're willing to do that, they're willing to bring any of these cats up the reason that these guys are not on the team is because they're hurt because the orioles are just that crazy in terms of your opinion what do you think is the bigger issue going forward for the team darren o'day or richard blyer going down with the injury that they had this year well the way they produce richard blyer okay so you, you basically are going with the aspect of richard blyer going out with a life lat surgery is the bigger deal going forward for the future yeah okay I mean, my one question, I'm I, not sure I completely agree, but is this the it for Darren O'Day? Is he done? I think so. I yeah. do. And and that's why I think Blyer's the bigger loss, I think, because Blyer can go more innings. Bl- I hate to say this, Blyer is a more competent 
TJ McFarlane, right? And on this team and in the dark ages to come, that will be more significant and more helpful than a lockdown reliever who can go one inning or one batter when the game is on the line, which is what you want Darren O'Day for, right? You feel good handing the ball. He's another look. He's a, you know, he's a change of pace uh, reliever. We don't need that. It's a luxury. It's expensive. And he's been hurt. He has been hurt a lot. And that was one of the one things that when we signed the contract, we thought, you know, this will at least be a consistent reliever out there because the arm angle that he's throwing, it shouldn't be much of an injury, but he's had a bunch of other injuries besides just the arm, which, and I, and I, arm and shoulder. So I love the guy, but yeah. I think he's done. So with Darren O'Dea potentially having pitched his last pitch for the Baltimore Orioles, mm. is there any other player on the roster that is older than you, Jake? May he pitch forever. (laughs) (laughs) Or hopefully the Orioles go out and sign like 42-year-old or 44-year-old Bartolo Colon. Right, absolutely. (laughs) Please do. Please do. Is Omar Vizcael still available? Absolutely. You want him back. Um, You want to go to 280 characters or less? Let's do it. This week on the Twitters. Jake, we did it. We did it. We finally did it. Rockabaco reports at Madison Rock. Former hashtag Orioles right fielder Nick Marquegas makes his first all-star team finally. That is a good feeling. Good for him. Good for him. You saw the comment that Manny made today, right? Yeah. <laughs> should have been here. Should have been here in the American League. Should still be here. So uh, that kind of comes back to the Mioli comment of like, mm, it's a little bit of an awkward aspect. But again, if Jones says that, everyone's less like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. That's cute. When Machado says everyone's less, oh, is there discontent in the clubhouse? It's like. Guys, come on. Like, let, let's calm down a little bit. We miss Marquecas, and we didn't play with him every day. We didn't work with him every day. Right. Of course they miss him. All right, next we have a tweet from Matt Kremenser, at Matt Kremenser. Can the entire Orioles roster go home and discontinue playing? Just run things back a year, or run things back next year? This, of course, is in reference to Colby Rasmus. But I think it's a great question. Can we just turn it off? Can we shut it down? Can we forfeit every game from here on out? It we'll have to get easy. Earl Weaver again and just forfeit games. Just wave four fingers and move on. Jake, this next tweet is all the sads. This comes from Ryan Blake, at Blake. This is in response to today's afternoon game. Could be our last Machado double. Yeah. Crying emoji. Yeah, I watched him today. Uh, as you noted, I was at the game, and I thought to myself, is it possible that the strikeout in the, what, seventh inning was the final at-bat that I will ever watch Manny Machado in person uh, play for the Baltimore Orioles? Yeah. I mean, possibly not the first time or the last time that I'll see him in, in person. Possibly not the last time that I'll see him in person with a chanting group of Yankees fans all around me. But, uh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. It just does. Well, let's let's bring this up a little bit. All right. We have solutions, Scott. And these sometimes come from above. This next tweet is from Orioles Jesus at Orioles Jesus. At Orioles, I fixed our attendance problem. Hawaiian shirt giveaway every night. Thirty eight thousand people out there for a Hawaiian shirt giveaway. Baltimore fans, you sure do love your crappy giveaways. You love your tchotchkes. If you love your tchotchkes, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. If, I tell you what, I guarantee you that if the Orioles were to have a bingo night, <laughs> it would be the most successful game of all time. Like, 
Well, they have bingo night every night. Do you remember the embarrassing ways to lose bingo oh, cards that we made? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to update that, but we, they play that every night. We should, but it, if, if the Orioles actually played bingo on the scoreboard while the actual baseball game was going on, I guarantee you there'd be 45,000 people in there every single night. Yeah. Guarantee it's, it. It's possible. Yeah. In fact, they should do that instead of showing anything else. You know, the game can be played, but don't announce it. You know, don't interrupt it with PA announcement. Just show me the bingo on the board. Or what we really could do is we could get one of those spinning ball machines, and then we open it up at the very end, and the ball kicks out to the batter. I like it. And then you are ready to swing. It's kind of like the pitch machine we thought we were going right. to get every third exactly. day or every fifth day. This is just more gaudy and uh, more practical. So Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Jake. We're back together again. I think we need to get to the hard-hitting facts of what is going on in Birdland right now. No. No, let's not do that. Let's just do what ifs. Scotty, it's over. This window, this era of Orioles baseball, it's over. It's done. Before we... It took till July 9th for you to realize that? No, I'm just okay. saying it again because we have to we, say something on the podcast. Technically, we just take a week off if we want. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it, it's over. We're into the next thing, right? This is the next Dark Ages. Um, and so all we're left with is the regret Sure. All that we're left with is the sadness. All that we're left with is the second guessing. I don't know about you, and I don't know about our listeners, but I am left wondering, what if? What if things had just gone a little bit differently, right? If we could just quantum leap ourselves back in time to key moments in the Orioles' history from 2012 to now, how could things have played out, and what difference would it have made? So, Scotty... I've got a few of these, you've got a few of these, and I would like to to assess the impact, right? Because okay. it's easy to look back and say, oh, gosh, if this thing had happened, everything would have been different. I'm sure that I've got stuff on my list that you're going to think is crap, and I'm sure. sure everything on your list is great. So um, let's let's ping pong back and forth. Okay. okay? Um, let me start, because I'm sure that your final will, will, uh, will exceed my own. But... Uh, let me ask you this, Scott. We talked about Darren O'Day sure. right, earlier on. Let me ask you this. What do you think the impact would have been in the grand scheme of things Sure. if the Orioles had gone and re-signed Andrew Miller instead of Darren O'Day? Oof. Uh, so that would have been going into the 2015 season, right. and we were basically headed through 15, 16, 17, and potentially 18 as well. Well, he went to the Yankees four years, $36 million, and then he went on to the Indians. But yeah, right? so 15, 16, 17, and 18. So we would actually still have him right now. Um, You know, I, I don't know if it really would have made too much of a difference. I, I think that in reality, maybe it would have helped a lot when, you know, a Zach Burton would have gone mm-hmm. down. Um. But, you know, the big question would be, you know, in 2016, does it move the needle enough for them to maybe host a AL wild card game and or get a little bit further on? Um, I think 2016 is the only season it makes a difference. Here's the here's to me the real question. Sure. It doesn't matter a hill of beans yeah. unless Andrew Miller for the Orioles had been used the way he was used elsewhere. Meaning, do you come in for the save in the sixth inning? Right. You know, does Andrew Miller come in to put out the fire 
when it matters? Right. Or does he come in only in the ninth inning to save games? And I think he would have basically have come in whenever it was necessary um, because they would have still had Zach Burton in at that point. So. And, and to that, that makes that makes me think that it would have mattered for 2016. Right. And 2016, you know, was that razor thin. Yep. We could have been something maybe. Right. And that's the whole thing is I think, you know, we think about it and said maybe it would have done something for one season. So we'll give that a one maybe. Ooh, one maybe. One maybe. Is this one out of five maybes? One out of four maybes? What, what was the scale here? Uh, whatever I decided to be. The points don't matter, and the rules are completely made up. All right, I like yeah. it. All right. All right, so my next one uh, is going to go into, Jake, what if Matt Wieters was actually Maurer with power? <laughs> oh, wow. What if Matt Wieters was everything we hoped he would yes. have been? Um, all right, I have two answers. Sure. I think that if... Matt Wieters were Maurer with power, 2014 would have gone differently. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's possible that even a super-powered Matt Wieters would have gone dark and cold in the playoffs. I want to remind you, Matt Wieters was out for the majority of 2014 with Tommy John surgery. Never mind. Yeah. Um, okay, second thing I was going to say, we could have traded him in the last year of his deal. Okay. And and could have gotten something for him. All right. I would say that if uh, Matt Wieters truly was Mauer with power, you would have had a Manny Machado and Matt Wieters combo that probably would have posted a four-plus war multiple seasons. And uh, you pretty much would have easily won 2012. You probably would have easily won 2014. And you probably would have won 2016 in the division as well. So you would have had three division titles. Yikes. I... I don't, I don't think it would have been that yeah. meaningful. But I'm going to give this. Caleb Joseph also have two balls still left. That's true, <laughs> and really that's good enough for me. Right, exactly. I'm going to give that. How about we give it two what ifs? Because Caleb Joseph has two balls now. I'm going to give it three out of five. Who knows? Okay, three out of five. Who knows? All right, we'll do that. All right. Let me ask you this, Scotty. Let's go back to uh, 2014. Sure. I think that was the closest the Orioles ever were. Absolutely. Right? That was their best chance. Yeah. And that's why it sucked so much for them to have missed out on it. Um, But let me ask you this. We weren't at full strength in the playoffs for 2014. Sure. Right? Chris Davis had some focusing issues. But also, we also had a problem with Manny Machado. Sure. Manny Machado's knees blew out again. What would the impact have been of Manny Machado's second knee injury not happening? Hmm. You know, part of me wants to say that it would have been enough to put them over the edge, but in reality, uh, they got super lucky against the Tigers and then super unlucky against the Royals. So I don't think it would have made a difference. I agree with you also because um, I I don't think that Manny Machado, you know, I, I don't think that it, uh, he wasn't the player he is now. Right. Right. Back then, he he wasn't quite there. He wasn't a total impact player. He was a partial impact player. So I'm, I'm willing to say, so what is your official, uh, weighing then? Uh, I'm going to give that, uh, two blue pits, blue pits. Yeah. Because of the Orioles for the 2014. So two bloop. What ifs? Oh, blue pits. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jake, my next question for you is, uh, and this kind of goes into that similar 2014 vibe of in 2013, this player was traded. Jake, what if the Orioles had actually kept Jake Arrieta? I think that they would have ruined him all the way. Yep. 
completely agree with this. So I give that, I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Fair enough. Uh, let me ask you this. What if the Orioles had given Nick Markakis the fourth year, mm-hmm. and he had been the Orioles' right fielder this whole time? Uh, the fans would have kept complaining about him dropping balls in the field. Um, we would have had a decent right fielder, but not a great right fielder. And by the, the middle of the third year during 2016, people would be clamoring for someone to have trade to replace him. Because as great as Nick Markakis has been in this fourth year for the Braves, he has been certainly very mediocre uh, with no power to this point. So I'm going to give this a um, 2018 what if, but that's it. I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. And I'm going to give this four screaming O's fans. And the reason for that is I choose to live in a world in which Michael Bourne dropping a ball in right field in the 2016 AL wildcard game in Toronto did not happen. Mm -hmm. And instead, either Nick Markakis played an adequate right field because he was shaded in the correct place, as Wayne Kirby can sometimes do for a player. Sure. Or he simply would have collected it and gotten it in in a timely fashion on a bounce. But if Michael Bourne was not on this team and uh, didn't throw the ball in and allowed Joe Angel to say, they got him, they got him. What would have been the ramification of that? All right, I'm going to take that down to three Screaming Orioles fans, but I, st- I still believe it Because I my gave heart. you one Screaming Orioles fan, basically. I feel it in my heart. All right, my next one is going to go to the most obvious one that should be on this list. What does Zach Burton have been used in the AL wildcard game? Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, I actually have really strong feelings about this. It wouldn't have mattered. I agree totally. It, I don't, don't think, think it think matters it at all. I think the offense was cold as ice. They had packed up and gone home. And I don't think they had packed up and gone home. I just think that no matter what was being thrown at them, they just couldn't put together. They they hit a cold streak, and they, they were willing to sacrifice happen. our left. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I give that uh, zero who cares. Okay. Um, here's one of the big ones for me. What if the Orioles had signed Nelson Cruz instead of both Mark Trumbo and Chris Davis. Uh, The Orioles would have won the World Series in 2015, (laughs) 16, 17, and 18. Okay. Because Grandma would have opened the door and the floodgates would have opened. No question about it. But think about that. Without the albatross of a contract of Chris Davis. Yep. And frankly, I mean, I think Trumbo's deal isn't, horrific but it's also we're not getting what we thought we were getting if you would have had nelson cruz uh manny machado and jonathan scope in the middle of your order that would have been impressive how would trying to sign manny machado look without davis's deal Uh, a, a lot better not sure if they still would be able to pull it off um but it would certainly give them a greater degree of flexibility and ability to have that conversation so what do you rate Cruz over Davis and Trumbo. Five crying natty bows. <laughs> okay. Are these warm, flat natty bows? Of course. Uh, so, Jake, my next one for you is, what if Mike Moustakas didn't hit a solo home run off Fernando Salas in the 11th inning of ALDS game number one, or Eric Hosmer hitting a two-run home run in the 11th in game two of ALDS 2014? 
This is ALCS. Uh, this is ALDS. Hosmer for the Royals. Yes. He did. Oh, oh. So who would we have faced instead? We would have faced the Los Angeles Angels. Oh, uh, I think they would have probably lost to the Angels. You think the Orioles would have lost to the Angels? I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I don't think they got cold because the Royals were that good. I mean, do you think the Orioles just ran into the buzzsaw, or do you think that the Orioles petered out? I think they ran into the buzzsaw of the Babip Dragon. Oh, see, I think they petered out. I think they ran into the buzzsaw of the Babip Dragon. So you think the Royals don't make it all the way to 2014, or to the ALCS in 2014, the Orioles skate onto the World Series? I don't think it skates. I think it's one of those, you know, epic grudge fests that goes six or seven games. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I do think it's one of those really nice series. You know, it would have been so weird because without the Royals, the Orioles would have been the underdog story that everybody was rooting for. Correct. Man. The underdogs who won 96 games. Correct. Way. Oh, man. Summer song. Summer song. All right. This is my final one, Scott. And okay. I feel strongly about this. All right. So I want you to hear me out All right. and think it through. Okay. What would have happened? To the Orioles as a franchise. Sure. If the Orioles had lost the 2012 AL wild card game. Oh. If they had gone to the playoffs for the first time in 14 years and had gone home after one game. You know, I don't think anything would have changed. I I, I want you to... I, just, I think everyone went into that game specifically of, we're probably not going to win this game, but if we somehow win this game, oh my gosh. Do you think that the fans' feelings and do you think that the organization's approach would have been different in the offseason if they had not made it into the LDS? Do, no. you, do you think they would have pushed harder, no. worked? No. They would have looked at the regular season and said, we got above 500 for the first time. We're happy with the guys we have. I like our guys. So you think it's a non-factor? Non-factor. I disagree. Okay. I think if the Orioles had not won the AL wildcard game in 2012, it would have been over. Yeah, I I, I don't think anything in this era would have happened. I will counter this argument with Manny Machado. Yeah. Meh. Yeah, I will counter this with Manny Machado became a breakout star. So I'm okay with basically going with that. All right, my final one. Jake, what if Carl Crawford actually had made that sliding catch? Wow. You're all the way back to 2011. 2011. Now we're raising the question of if Carl Crawford makes that sliding catch and the Orioles lose in game 162, does the magic actually happen from 2012 onwards? I think so. And here's why. I actually hate that moment. I hate that moment because the Orioles were just trying to play spoiler. It wasn't an accomplishment to beat that team. It was the end, the punctuation mark of a lost and terrible season. The Orioles were relevant, not because of who they were, but because of who they were playing. And that's not a moment to celebrate. I know that people say that's the beginning, the curse of the Andino. I was not celebrating that game. It was better to win than to lose. Sure. But for me, it wasn't a personal landslide moment. It wasn't It wasn't what the Cal statue game was for me. Sure. So I say that's a, I say that's a negative Andino. Okay. Jake, I'm going to give this three buck what ifs. <laughs> What exactly is a buck what if and how do I spend it? Jake, due to Carl Crawford not making that catch, the Orioles were able to get to three buckle-up playoff spots. And I don't think the Orioles would have had three of those playoff spots 
if Carl Crawford makes that sliding catch. As ridiculous as it sounds, the Orioles took a lot of that effort from that last game and applied it to the 2012 season. It doesn't make any sense in the world that it should make a significant difference to a team, but for some reason, the team really bought into that, and uh, I think it made a difference. So I'm going to give it three buck what-ifs. Yeah, I like how careful Buck. you're being with that. So I don't have to use the coin sound effect. <laughs> there is a lot of diction going Buck. on here. Uh, Birdland, what are your what ifs? What do you think are the key moments that we have missed? Please tweet us at birdseyeviewbal with a hashtag what if. All right, Jake, it's that time of the year. Let's go through our categories for the year. that time again the 2018 bevies are almost upon us new listeners may be asking themselves what the heck are the bevies well let me tell you the bevies are a mid-season award show and uh we invite some of our friends and colleagues in the birdosphere to hand out made-up awards to members of the Orioles community it could be players fans media whoever they feel like um and the bevies serve as an opportunity to take stock of where we are at the all-star break and to look ahead at what we can expect for the rest of the season typically in the past it has been um you know right around 500 and people are looking forward to the second half of the season um that's not the case this year that's definitely not the case this year and um well you can expect the entire old game to get back to and you know we're also going to put a few new contributors out there this year but we here at bird's eye view traditionally offer a pair of rewards so here are awards. We'd like your help, dear listener, to pick the winners, all 12 of you. I say help because we're not going to pretend like this isn't simply whose line is it anywhere where the games are made up and the points don't matter, but you do have the opportunity to influence our thinking in this matter because, really, we haven't been watching the games. Um, so I watched today. Congratulations. Uh, so our first category that we were discussing um, was the Last Man Standing Award, and this is Best Oriole left on the final day of the season. Uh, the winner will have to be both on the roster and have a good season. So, Jake, our nominees that we've put out so far are Adam Jones, Dylan Bundy, Tim Beckham, or Cedric Mullins. So, basically, one of these guys is going to still be on the roster. Yes. And by the end of the season, we'll have had a decent to good season. Yes. I will also point out that Tim Beckham has been out for half the season. So he's going to have to have a monumental second half of the season. I'm not sure that's true. Okay. And here's why. With everyone being so terrible. Sure. I think he could put a, a workman-like second half and not have a negative value and therefore be the last good Orioles standing. Right. I do think the Cedric Mullins one's an interesting one, but I come back and counter with this. Um, instead of Cedric Mullins, can we also put in there uh, a, a prospect that it comes out of the Manny Machado trade? You think anybody we're going to get out of the Manny Machado trade is going to play this season? Oh, of course not. But just the hope and the prospect of them potentially being decent. All right. Why don't we add that as a fifth contender? Okay. All right. So, uh, dear listener, we have Adam Jones. Yeah. Dylan Bundy. Yeah. Tim Beckham. Yep. Cedric Mullins. And the fifth, some prospect that comes out of the Manny Machado trade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. The next award that we have for your consideration is uh, this. Please vote. Which milestone hurt the most? 
first candidate, uh, losing the Masson Cup. I know that matters to a lot of people. Second, hitting 40 games below 500. Oof. That's hard to believe still. I can't. It, that's so awful. It, Even it, during the dark ages, it, we didn't come it, that far. This is mind-boggling in reality. It really is. Um, the end of Richard Blyer's Cinderella story with the injury. Okay. And lastly, every time you realized you wouldn't see Manny do that again as an Oriole. All right. So since we're making up rules, we have to put another milestone in here. All right. I'm listening. We have to put the milestone of Chris Davis becoming the all-time strikeout leader for the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. So this is an unprecedented five-candidate uh, award in, in both of our awards. Yeah. It, look, if we're going to be 40 games under 500, we might as well give it five categories, five choices in the, each of these categories. So, uh, listeners, we will put a poll up for both of these. All right. We, we will uh, tweet this out. We will get your attention. Uh, but we desperately need you to weigh in and let us know what you think. Now, please look for the sixth annual Bevy Awards. We expect the show to come out on Thursday, July 19th, 2018, again during the All Star break. Uh, but please, be warned, we could record that show, and then between now and then, the Orioles could do something to screw it up and make the whole show irrelevant. So we might be we might be cramming at the last minute. Yeah. All right, Jake. Let's find out who is good, who is bad, and who is ugly this week. Yep, that's right. It's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, Jake, did you want to start this week, or do you want me to go? Oh, I need you to go first. All right. So mine is going to go to Manny Machado, who posted a 161 Weighted Runs Created Plus. This is, I believe, going to be Manny Machado's last foray in the good, the bad, and the ugly. False. False? False. Okay. You don't think that on his new team, when he comes in and dominates the Oriole, the, the Orioles, that that's going to lead to be fair, to it an could ugly... just be the Oriole. It might just be one player out there playing. <laughs> you, you don't think, though, that that won't be ugly at some point? Eh, I don't think so. Oh, I, I disagree. So. No, I don't I think disagree. so. I don't, I don't think they're going to play the Brewers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My good is Jonathan Scope. He had himself a heck of a week in 24 plate appearances, which is tied for second on the team, by the way. He had a 222 weighted runs created plus, a 494 Woba, 471 Babip, and a 3. 33 ISO. I think he had uh, two home runs this week. And in the game that I watched today, two doubles and a single. Uh, great to see from Jonathan Scope. I've given up hope on the season, but if he can play at a respectable level through the rest of the season, it'd be great to see him build on that next year. Uh, Jake, my bat is going to go to Ryan Messinger, who pitched for one and a third innings, 6.75 Ks per nine, 6.75 walks per nine. Uh, Post the Impressive 6.75 ERA. But, Jake, here's my really question. Who the hell is Ryan Messenger? He's a local kid who got to pitch for his hometown team and hang his head on the way back to the dugout. That's great. Um, he's the, like, number 43rd ranked prospect in the entire Orioles, Orioles farm system. You can't tell me there isn't someone better that we could have brought up. Think of it this way, Scotty. I need you to visualize with me, okay? Just... Come with me. Are you? Are okay. you I'm, I'm visualizing. Okay. Close your eyes. All right. I'm closing my eyes. Think of Jaws. Okay. Okay. We're going to need a bigger boat. Right before that. Okay. 
right before that, we're going to get wasted. They're just throwing the chum into uh-huh. the water. Yeah. That's all we can do is throw chum into the water. All right. We don't have to have, throw the good stuff. Okay. Ryan, uh, he's, he's the chum. But I don't want chum right now. Like, the shark has already ate me, okay? It's 2018. All we have left is chum. No, no, listen. I've already been eaten. Like, I'm just, you know, in the belly of the shark at this point. 1,200 Oriole pitchers into the water. Only 316 are coming out. Listen, I, I want to see better players out there. Um, you know, Richard Dreyfus is dead now. <laughs> you know, he's in the belly of the shark. I'm ready to move on, and I want to see decent prospects at least top 20 prospects or even just give me someone like scott lee or something like that i don't want to see ryan messenger i don't want to see jimmy yakabonis i want to see decent prospects i want to feed the 2018 season the the scuba tank okay that's fine my bad are we on that is that what we're doing here you're not going to make that shot i'm just going to tell you right now (laughs) (laughs) it's Uh, one in a million are are we on bad is that what we're doing here i think we're on bad yeah okay um I'm going to go with the Orioles offense or the Orioles outfield defense. I mean, they're both basically yeah, the same. All bad. Yeah. Uh, did you read the Ringer article? Yes. Okay. I like words. I like reading. But the worst part was the highlight reel. Yes. The highlight reel of balls dropping in that should not have dropped in. And they rank them from, I think, 99% catch probability down to 86% yeah. or vice versa. I don't remember which. But at first I was thinking to myself, like, oof, this is really bad. This is, oh, this is really bad. And then I thought to myself, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sure you could cherry pack, uh, cherry pick some really awful highlights from every team, right? At some point, every outfield loses a ball in the twilight. At some point, every outfield has a ball. And then it just kept going yep. and going and going. I was like, nope, nope. This is bad. Yep. The Orioles defense is bad. Yep. It's tough to watch. Absolutely. Uh, similar, my ugly for the week is going to go to Trey Mancini. One of those reasons is outfield defense. Trey Mancini is further proving the reason why he is not a left fielder. And as much as he surprised all of us last year for, you know, how he did an an admirable job at left field. I wouldn't say it was a good job, but an admirable job at left field. Trey Mancini is proving how bad of a left fielder he is. We talked about the aspect of how long and what's the benefit for keeping Chris Davis on this team and it was, well, maybe he'll get better the second half of the season, and maybe it's time for us to move on and say, okay, you know, let's see what happens. Maybe we can do something at the end of the season. But the point of the matter is, the way Trey Mancini is going to be of value to you is by being your first baseman going forward. If Chris Davis continues to play first base, Trey Mancini can't play first base. The choice ultimately is going to come down to, is Trey Mancini going to be your first baseman in the future? Or are you basically going to be hamstrung by Chris Davis for the next three to four years? So Davis to DH, Trumbo to right, uh, Mancini to first? Is that the best thing for this organization right now? I I think the big question would be, um, do you really need Trumbo in right field? No. Dear God, no. I mean, does it come to a point where you say, we're going to promote Cedric Mullins, we're going to promote Austin Hayes, we're going to promote DJ Stewart, we're going to see what you have, and everybody else basically gets pushed to the bench and or DFA'd. No. I think this is the point at which we let the bird play the outfield and just see what happens. I heard that Bugs Bunny guy's pretty good, too. Yeah. Uh, Scotty, for my ugly, I brought something to share okay. with you. All right. I just want to show you what I'm upset about at the moment. Okay. 
And this is something that, that deeply, deeply affects me. Scotty, that sucks. There's nothing worse, even in a win. That was good rhythm. Than sitting there and listening to that in your stadium. And you know what? It's just the beginning. Here they come again, O's fans. The Orioles are going to be circled on the calendar. It's a sure win. The Yankees fans are going to drive. They're going to drive down there. And people are going to start having stories about being given a Yankees hat by their uncle, and so they always supported the Yankees, even though, yeah. For the Yankees fans there today, I'm sure that there were a lot of people that took the sad drive home to Severna Park and Arbutus and Owings Mills. But I also think that there were a lot of Yankees fans that drove down for a long weekend, for an afternoon Monday game. For two games. Yeah. In a place that is cheap and easy to get to and very likely a win. We are again the laughing stock of the league. We are again something that just fattens the goose for the rest of the league. This is ugly, Birdland, and it is upon us. Let's go ahead and blow a save. Scotty, I had an interesting conversation today. First time listener was chatting chatting me up about the show. And he said, um, I, I don't know how to ask this. Uh, I'm a little uncomfortable, but are, are you and the and the other gentleman on the podcast, are you, are you having some difficulties? I was we have difficulties? Yeah, I was like, what? what? Well, you just, you haven't been on the show at the same time for, for a couple of weeks now. I said, oh, okay. Scott, then I got to think of it. Scott, are, are we having difficulties? Absolutely. Yes. Yes, we are. Uh, thank you to uh, the gentlemen who have stepped in and, and, and hit off the bench. And thank you, listeners, for, for bearing with us. This season has been a little weird. But more than that, our schedules have been a little weird this summer. There may be some times upcoming where Scott has to bow away or I have to dip out for a week or so. And so just know. Scott and I may be having difficulties, but we're not having the difficulties. We can always get it up when we need to. I I don't think that... Are we not doing phrasing anymore? Take a Viagra, buddy. That's the little blue pill endorsed by Rafael Palmero. Well, that, that is our show. Remember, you can find this and our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever it is you get your podcast. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and many others. Please remember to rate and review the show. We appreciate the feedback and it encourages other people to listen for the first time. We love meeting new people and talking Orioles baseball with other diehard fans. Email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat, but the best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter where we tweet at Bird's Eye View. B 
A-L. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I will bid you all a fond adieu-adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there. And let's go O's. still here? It's over. Go home. Go.